I think them having forage as well and the fact that they're not insignificant means that at some point they may be valuable. Um, they're four stones, Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're four stones, they have armor one, and they have, they have the, the triggers, right? And then obviously if you put 12 cups of coffee on them, they're minions, you can wibble wobble in a pit trap and, and you know get infinite but that's not good so stop doing it john and everybody else in the body chat who keeps trying to howdy friends craig here we got another deep dive into ma tucket got really two strong guests um both of them are very accomplished uh bayou players uh, a couple things to note one we recorded this before gaining ground season one came out um so note that her creative cussing trigger on horrible hollering that hands out the focus that changed to once per activation as they predicted in here on the podcast uh there's also been changes to 12 cups of coffee uh which i was much needed uh so it might be uh handy to have the cards close as we talk through things pay close attention to the discussion on timing when flipping for initiative and when you should consider pass tokens i know many of you are playing this wrong so it's a good takeaway you might be surprised that the first model they hire into their crew is a versatile model. It's nice to learn what pools they feel the Trixie keyword excels in and which one it's weak in. They detail a f- particular faction that they think you should never play Ma into. They also talk about a specific Neverborn model and Neverborn keyword that they think is a hard counter to Ma. Another thing to watch out for is our discussion about hard to wound and focus. Uh, I think you might be surprised to find out that um, maybe using focus against a hard to wound model is not a good idea. Enjoy. Playing a tabletop strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play, or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into the Bayou Master Ma Tucket and how the Trixie crew works in Malifaux 3rd Edition. My guests today are Oliver Borden and A.J. Barr. Now, Oliver comes out of the Capital City Conference, and he played top table against Cody Hyatt at Nova this year. If you haven't listened to that Path to Podium episode for Nova, check it out. I'll have it in the show notes. It was a pretty epic match, and Oliver ended up second overall in that big event. And for those of you in the Bayou chat, I'm sure you're familiar with Oliver. Um, he has a few opinions uh, about uh, not only Bayou models, but every model out there. Um, and he was also really, I think, one of the champion beta testers for Bayou and M3E. There uh, wasn't a lot of them, but he was one, and he was uh, did a hell of a job with it. So, Oliver, welcome back to the third floor. Hey, thanks. Uh, I, you know, I, I tried. Uh, didn't get a rooster's nerf the second time, but yeah, whatever. It's good for me, I guess. Well, <laughs> it, uh, do what you can. So outside of Malifaux, Oliver, what have you been playing? Uh, mostly I've been playing pen and paper RPGs and The Witcher uh, and then Malifaux. That's really it. Um, I just kind of like took a minute to just like step back from mini games. Yep. Um, just like focus on like being happy in my general life. And now I'm coming back and playing. What RPGs do you play? 
Um, so I tried Dungeon World by Adam Coble, which is exceptional. Uh, I think he's one of the best designers uh, of pen and paper RPGs and designers in regards to like RPG des- actual like construction, like the actual right. mechanics and everything. Um, he has a really good YouTube channel where he does like first looks and DMs and stuff. Um, just has really interesting insight on like why we play games um, and like what makes a game fun, what makes a game interesting, like what is the value of a narrative uh, in a game versus the mechanics. Um, so shout out to him. He's super cool. Um, but yeah, just like running basically one shots of that. I've been trying to get a copy of Torchbearer, which is impossible to find. Yeah, um, I heard that's good. Yeah, it's basically uh, a item simulator where you slowly die in a dungeon as you run yep. out of torches. Um, and I'm playing a one-shot with Nick of Five Torches Deep next week, which is also an item simulator where you just die. <laughs> so basically <laughs> just hard RPGs, uh, the ones that you just, like, don't win. <laughs> so so. In, I, um, I, you know, and I've played all kinds of board games, Um uh, all kinds of mini games and things like that. But my first like love and passion was RPGs. Um, I think that's, that's going back to high school for me. Um, and we actually had, you know, pens and paper it wasn't on stone then. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I've, I've said it. Yeah. I've said it several times uh, to a lot of people when we talk about gaming to this day, as much as I love board games and, and uh, mini games, nothing beats a good RPG game. Like that's, that's the ultimate gaming for me. And I'm, so I'm super excited because, uh, the people that there's a group of guys, uh, here in the Southeast that I do, uh, twice a year, we do camping for gamers. So it's a bunch of dudes, uh, they get together twice a year. We go camping out in the woods. Um, and for basically three and a half, four days, all we do is eat meat, sit by the fire and play games. Um, and the guys have been bugging me about running an RPG because a lot of the guys that go haven't done RPGs in a while, haven't, and some have never done it before. Mm-hmm. So this spring trip coming up, I'm actually going to do one and I'm really excited about it. So I finally picked a system that I, um, cause I've been out of it for 30, yeah. 20, 30 years, yeah. you know, everything's so changed I, so much. Oh, so much. So I found it. Uh, a system that I got real excited about, uh, bought a disgusting amount of stuff for it, um, nice. and have been, you know, just getting ready to make that happen. And uh, I'm super excited. So it's it's cool, man. I, I it gives you a nice break. Uh, so I'm totally, totally with you on that. And speaking of which, do you think you uh, any of you guys are going to come down for uh, the spring trip? Uh, Gavin's still very much on the plan that if we go to that, we're going to get murdered. So I don't know if I can convince him. <laughs> well, out in the woods, you mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 he's definitely a fan of if we go, we're ending up in his stew. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to convince him, though. Uh, so, you know. Tell him not to watch the Blair Witch Project. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I got to check my schedule for work. I yeah. Keep right. and We'd love just, to like, see you guys. It's a good time. A bunch of people, so. All right. So now, AJ. So for those of you out in the UK, you have known AJ Barr for a while. Um, he's qualified for Masters a few times and considered one of the best Bayou players in the UK. He's uh, probably best known as part of the Flippin' Weirds group. And uh, he finished uh, 12th in this year's UK national ranking. So that's pretty impressive, man. Uh, but uh, most recently, you podiumed in a 28-player League of Extraordinary Gentlemen event in uh, just this January. So AJ, welcome to the third floor. Thanks for having me, Craig. Uh, this is long overdue, man. Uh, I was super excited when uh, when we got connected and uh, found uh, that uh, you know Ma Tuckett's been your girl. Oh yeah, so, uh, games. 
I, I've have kind of a standard question. I've always asked guests, and I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. So I'm going to give you kind of a a, a, a curveball. Is there any intellectual property out there, a dead game out there that you think um, you'd love to see come back as a mini game? So is there uh, something that that uh, an IP out there that you think would be a cool mini game? There's two qu- answers to that, really. What game I'd love to come back is like War. I, I run I run some uh, Warhammer Six Edition tournaments. I'd like oh. I'd like Warhammer Square Bases to come back, but like six and That's seven before it gets big into eight. I'd like that to come back. But if I had to think of the game out there, which I would really love, would be a Transformers game. Oh God! You know what? I wouldn't have never thought of about that. A Transformer game. I even, I even thought about it. Wouldn't it be good if we had a Malifaux? transformer game and interesting you can go g1 g2 you could have like um the constructor cons as a crew yeah um the autobots and a few you could even bumblebee as a totem i suppose Uh, sure you could do you could do you have like a replace a replace a replace effect you know to transform from the uh from the the vehicle to the robot and stuff like that i've never been the game of it i mean well, now, now I want a G.I. Joe one. So as soon as you said Transformers, like, oh, God, I, I want G.I. Well. Joe. Yeah, that'd be my second. <laughs> yeah. That'd be my second one. I think they've just released a game on the on the iPhone, like an app for it, but I've got to look at that. Very nice. I like that idea. So uh, it um, – ooh, boy, that got, got me a little excited. I like that idea, AJ. <laughs> All right, guys. So what we're going to do here is we're going to obviously focus on Mott Tucket and the Trixie crew, and I want to get an idea of how each of these guys – how they build a Trixie crew? When do they pick Ma? So what is the uh, scheme pool and the uh, strategy that uh, they like Ma in? Is there certain tech pieces that they will hire into the crew based on uh, what that pool is or maybe what the opponent uh, has declared for a faction? And then last but not least, we're going to talk about second level play and uh, really how to counter a Trixie crew. So to kind of get us started, AJ, I want you to Think about the listener as somebody who's never seen Montucket, never played Montucket. Um, can you kind of give us an idea of what style of master she is? She's more like a. Um, she gives out a lot of focus, and it, it can be it can be run as if people look at it first. They look at it as a gun line straight away. They look at it as a gun line, but it can be used for more than a gun line. If you can turn it into a beta crew, it could be a gun line. It could be fast. It can be all free. Really, it's very yeah. versatile on doing everything. Um, people get confused when it goes attacker and defender and we just bunch up everything within a three inch bubble and they think, where's it all going? And then as soon as the focus comes out, they don't, it's in for a surprise. They don't expect it. I mean, I always tell my opponents, there's a certain setup. I don't know if you want to run through setup now or run through it later. We'll, we'll get to it later. Yeah. Just talking overall style right now though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I would say gun line is, 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 is yeah, prim- primarily the number one at the moment, but it can be other things as well. You can turn it into a beta crew. Well, the impression I'm getting by what you're saying there, AJ, is that uh, she can also shift gears. So maybe start off support, you know, handing yeah, out the yeah, focus and things yeah. like that, shift to gun line and, and actually get up close and beat face if need be. So that's cool. Oliver, do you see her any different? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so I, I definitely think that she is an alpha striking crew. Um, her intent is to kill as many models as possible in the initial turns of the game um, by supporting her team with the focus bomb. Um, the main difference I would say is her crew is also hyper AP efficient. Um, you have Rooster Riders, which are three AP, you have Gracie, who's five AP. Um, so you have the ability to transition away from just killing your opponent's models to immediately setting up scoring all three points on turn two 
um, and then immediately setting up for the next three points, uh, turn three, and then scoring your new strategy every turn. So she's very much a master who pressures your opponent on the scoreboard a lot more than she just pressures them like without activating their models and with the activations. Um, I I personally don't think that she's too much of a beating crew. I'm not sure. Like I'm curious to hear like what your thoughts are on on how she turns into a beating crew. I think her main her herself is your main melee piece along with right. Gracie. And she's um, good. But so is Gracie. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mock and min five people. So I think that that's her main uh, that's her main value. So it, it, taking a step back, Oliver, let's talk about really kind of the main mechanic signature abilities of a Trixie crew. So when we're looking yeah. at Ma, um, what, what really defines, uh, what's the de- definitive ability? Yeah, so the first and foremost ability is Horrible Hollering with the Ram Focus. Um, when you use that ability, you get to move a model up to, you to push a model up to five inches. Um, and then you also put a focus on every model within three inches of Ma herself. It's a, it's a aura. So it doesn't affect her herself. Um, you know, it's an open symbol, not the close one. Um, so I think that that's by and far her most defining ability. Outside of that, sub abilities. Um, she has pit traps, which are helpful. Usually you're having between one to three of those in a game. Um, sometimes more. Uh, and then scamper. And then the 14 inch guns. The 14 inch guns are what leverage all of that focus. Cause again, her first activation is usually 25 plus AP. Um, so the 14 inch guns is what you're using that for. Cause you don't want to actually do anything on turn one other than shoot your. Well, talk about scamper. What does scamper do? Yeah. So if your opponent cheats within six of a model with scamper, they get to shift two inches. Um, so it can pull you out of melee. It can set you up so that way you can be in the right position to drop a scheme marker. Again, the whole crew is hyper efficient. So it's making sure that you're leveraging those instances where, oh, well, normally I would have to walk three inches and then put a scheme, and now it's like, okay, I can shift two and then drop a scheme, and just the hair end of that scheme is going to touch that center line for hardest away line. Those kinds of strategies are what really build and benefit the second level of play for her. So, AJ, if, if we're looking at Ma herself, so not the crew, but let's talk about Ma herself. Can we kind of go over her offensive capabilities? So what kind of offensive threat does she as a model have? Yeah, she's very good when she gets into combat. Um like Oliver just said, the first turn you're giving out all the focus. You make sure you've got the rams. Um, even if you've got to just go with three stones to make sure you've got the rams. Yeah. And then you just... Um, I normally get Mara into combat round about turn two or three. Because number one, like Oliver said, she's doing the focus bomb. Number... The little lass is pushing her forward. Then time I cycle through the cards, which we'll probably get to later how we get them. She's just going straight in, and I'll make sure I've got a good hand to do it. And av- right. and probably a defensive, when she gets the... Um, I like to charge in, do one attack, and then drop a pit trap. Because with a giant wooden spoon, it's uh, range one, stat six. It does three, four, five damage. Ram does the critical strike for plus one damage. But the mask is what people ignore. And I like to go for a stone for the mask to knock them into the pit trap. Oh, nice. So, they get, so, they, so when they go into the pit trap, they get injured one and they get damaged one. Uh, with a crow, it gives them injured one, which I don't think is um, that great. So you look, you're always looking for the... Immediate um, disagree. <laughs> yeah. Immediate disagree. Okay, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to you in a yeah, second. we'll get to that. <laughs> but if, we knock, if, you, if you knock them into the pit trap, even when they move out, there's another wound. It just brings them right down. 
You can also shoot them as well. Um, she's got um, gun range eight, stat five. Uh, target suffers two, three, three. It's got a blast, single blast on two and three, and double blast on two. Mm-hmm. Um, models damage get poison one. It's got uh, three triggers. Good for a laugh. Draw two cards and discard a card on a tome. Um, on the mask, plus damage by this action up to three in any direction, which is always handy for pushing things away or into pit traps. And a ram target suffers one damage, then drops a scrap marker into base contact with the target. Don't use the gun that much. So this ties back a little bit to what Oliver was saying too, but, uh, you know, looking at a lot of these triggers and, um, you know, the ho- horrible hollering, there's a lot, it seems to be a lot of, of movement efficiency in there too, don't you think, AJ? I mean, do you find yourself walking less in a Trixie crew than, uh, say, with other crews? Uh, yeah, 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 I'll go with that. I'll go with that, definitely. How about you, Oliver? What do you think about her offensively? Um, yeah, so offensively, um, I would say the first two things to focus on, and this is kind of like what you, how you kind of like set up every turn is you look at her careful planning and you can try and get a tome. Um, so she can cycle up to four cards on her initial turn, which gives her access to a lot more uh, suit cards than a lot of normal masters. She just has a lot of initial cycling. Um, so what does careful planning do? Yeah. So careful planning is her, it's kind of like her outside of horrible hollering. It's like what they designed for her to have as a signature ability. So when you flip for initiative, depending on the suit, you get a different benefit. Um, you can push people, you can add shields to people. Um, you can get pass tokens, which is very, very good. Um, and you can draw cards. And then if you cheat for it, obviously, uh, you can, you can get a benefit there. So I'll focus more on that in the support section and like how she's supportive. But the main thing is you just have a stack of higher cards so when you actually get into attack range with her, and again, usually for me, middle to end of turn two is when I'm trying to fight with her. About I never, the same time as AJ. Yeah, I never want to walk with her, though. So turn one, I'm focus bombing three times and then moving her with Gracie and then probably pushing her with a little last in addition um, or just moving her once with Gracie. Uh, if I can get the focus trigger off on her with Gracie, then I will try and do a shoot action because her gun is actually a min four if you get the right trigger. Um, right. It's three damage with Trash Vipers, so it's two plus one. And then in addition, it does a poison. So it's a four damage attack that also does blast, so it can do two damage to other people. It's really good against people with armor. It's really good with people who have uh, any kind of like resistances. Um, but otherwise, I'm usually charging her in. She has um, the ability to ignore anything when charging. She has diving charge. So she yep. can dive through a brick building. She can dive across a wall. She can she can literally ignore anything present for her charge action. So you can use that to get away. You can use that to jump in. Um, and then I'm usually cheating either rams and then like with a stone and then also putting a ram in a plate to min five people because that kills people really fast. Or if it's early in the turn, I'm going to almost always cheat and stone for the crow because while one injured is not a significant impact immediately, one injured over an entire turn can really make a difference. And two almost immediately kills a model. If you put two injured on a model, the ability to like, imagine the amount of times in games where you have a stat seven and your opponent's got a five and you're just like, Oh, I got a four. And they're like, I got a five. And you're like, okay, I beat you. Did you want to cheat? Like all of those instances are compounded. And then all of your like models have that. Yeah. Yeah, in, injured people don't realize it very often, but injured puts pressure on your opponents. I think it's, I think it's the best um, negative effect in the game 
by like a, a long, a long mile. So AJ, based off of what Oliver's been saying, when you've been saying, and you know, looking at her card, um, she seems suit intensive. Now, granted, uh, she's got some great card draw, um, but to really get the most out of her, um, it sounds like we you need to bring a lot of stones. So I'd be curious to know: Do you bring a lot of stones with her? I only bring three stones. Wow! At the beginning, just so that you've got to make sure you get them three rams. Um, obviously, at the start. Like Oliver said, you um, with your careful planning, if you've got a low tome, because it, it doesn't matter on the first turn of winning initiative. So if you've got a low tome, throw it in, draw two cards. Uh, with the seven you get, because you probably always take big big brains, so you've got seven cards, nine, and, and then you can always cycle through the rest to try and get the right. rams. But if you can't, you've got to use the three rams to... Um, get the focus off and obviously you get minus to get some back but it's it's mainly free i start off with free because i definitely want the focus if i can get the focus there's problems yeah right straight away now oliver general generally speaking you bring a lot of stones with every crew does that change with her yes absolutely so for most masters i bring between seven to ten stones um yeah so and, and that's very much like a virginia beach meta thing uh we all very much bring a ton of stones. We value them very highly because we think that alpha strike is very important in the game. Um, the game isn't going to go past turn four most of the time, so you want to win immediately and score turns two and three. So it doesn't matter if I don't have any of the like models later if I just kill all of you now is like the logic. So, but the main reason for a mod that I cheat on that is one, you want as many physical models as possible on that focus bomb because for every single model you have in addition you're buying three AP. So, so the, the logic is basically, I don't necessarily need everything else later when I can just get more value immediately, make her hyper efficient immediately, A, and B, with Bryn and the ability to cycle four cards on turn one, um, you almost always have your Rin. So I bring one to three stones with her. You have this Holstein Miner, which is also going to give you stones. Um, but again, just to focus on it, you have her ability to put a Tome down and you draw two cards. And then her bonus action draws two cards and discards a card. So what you'll usually do is set up the three inches, have everybody around it, and then throw a pit trap behind her turn one, cheat a low tome in, draw two cards, discard a card, and then that's an additional set of cards. So you you basically have access to the ram always, almost. So you need a six of rams to, to get off Hollerin. Um, so it's, it is statistically unlikely that you will not have it, right? So right. I mean, it, we can always, like, play for perfect, but I'd rather just want to win. Like, I, better lucky than good always. That's, like, very much my strategy in most of the time in Malifo. As far as um, keeping her alive, um, we you know, we, obviously we talked about the scamper, which um, allows um, uh, her to, you know, push away. Is there anything else, AJ, that's keeping her on the table? Take uh, some upgrades. Um, I don't know if we talked about upgrades going on. Yeah, let, like what? what? What upgrades have you considered with her or put, put on her? The only upgrade I take is the uh, 12 cups of coffee. Hmm. That, okay. That I normally, hate that upgrade. That's got to go <laughs> on all one, the yeah. time. I mean, I played a Colette uh, player at uh, tournament last weekend, and um, I think it saved my bacon, it did, because she couldn't, yeah. get, couldn't do zeros. If for people that have not been abused by 12 cups of coffee yet, AJ, can we talk real quick about what it does? Yep. So enemy actions within four cannot declare zero actions at all 
So it's really which good is at huge. shutting down their bonus actions. Yeah, yeah they just don't exist. Plus, she's got um, another zero action as well, and uh, it's everything within free range. It needs a four to go off and remove enemy scheme markers within range. And this model gains focus one for each marker removed in this way. So when the, my opponent's going for harness the ley line, I try and make a turn two for that line, remove two two markers. She's banged up focus two, yep. and then she uh, yeah gets stuck in turn three. Generally speaking, and I say in an average five round uh, game, how often does she see the end of turn five for you, AJ? Uh, pretty much, I would say eight out of ten games she survived. Okay. So that I would assume, you know, I mean, she's got six defense, which is good. She's got, right. you know, she's got the twelve wounds. The scamper is a big deal, um, uh, and and really diving charge as a, in its that's, own way. That's some, it. It gets it gets out gets it out of trouble. Like yeah. Oliver said earlier on, if she wants to get out of there and she's got two wounds left, she's gone. And that's the idea: is just get out, get out of dodge, and try and just drop schemes or do something if she gets really, really low. But yeah. uh, while I she when she goes in, she's normally got a I play that my first couple of turns, I build up a very good hand. So it's very rare that when she gets into combat, she dies. Yeah, a good control hand is a good is good defensive tech, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's it. Well, I sit where Oliver, by sound of it, is alpha strike. I wait till my opponent comes to me. Yeah. And then at all the gun lines, they get my go in, in like for turn two or three, and I'll make sure my hand's shit up. To do the right. Well, and, and I think too, um, and we're seeing this a lot of in three, uh, as well is that, um, I think that there's, there's several ways to be successful with these masters because of the flexibility, especially when you have a master like this can, sh- that can shift gears. Right. Um, it looks, it sounds like there's a couple of different ways to be effective and approach it, which, um, which adds some things. Oliver, is there anything else that we really need to talk about, Ma, um, uh, before we move on to the crew? Um, I mean, she gives a plus one to your initiative. I think that that's relevant. That's big. Uh, things just for like new mob players, you need to understand that the plus one to initiative occurs prior to pass tokens. So what happens is you flip, you add a plus one immediately, you declare winners or losers or draws, and the person who had initiative last turn is to cheat first if there's a tie. So this is weird, and it shouldn't exist this way, but thanks weird. Um, please, please God, just make these all the same days. Um, but pass tokens get added afterwards. You're usually outpacing your opponent in regards to that. So there are times when your opponent has to cheat first, um, even though you're, you're technically winning, right? So they, or they're technically winning. So, right. Um, what's key there from the timing perspective is the pass tokens don't happen until after cheat, right? right. So, and, and right. determining who cheats first is determined before pass tokens are calculated. And that's really significant. It's a huge deal. It's a huge, huge deal. The other part to it is is it's not it is very common that turn one your opponent will just say, Yeah, whatever, okay, that's fine, you win. Right? Like you flip like a thirteen or something and they've got like a four. No, like, yeah, whatever. I'm not wasting a, a flip on this. That is your moment to cheat. Like if you have a garbage card in your hand, always cheat down if you're winning initiative and they passed, if you want a different effect for your careful planning. Um, other than that, I think focusing on who to push with Horrible Hollering is probably going to be one of the main differences for AJ and me. I almost always push out my roosters, and I almost always push out attack pieces. So I'm going to push roosters, I'm going to push bushwhackers, things like that. There also was one other upgrade we didn't mention, was um, which I don't take it, but it's there, is you can put on Mari's, uh the gremlins in a gorilla suit. Or that gorilla so suit. she can't be charged. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that could be that could be another form of defensive tech as well. Yeah. So, guys, let's take a quick break. When we get back from this break, I want to talk to you really about your core crews. And one of the reasons that I was excited about having both of you on is um, I think there's going to be some overlap where you guys are going to agree on some things. But I also get a sense that the two of you play Ma a little bit different, which I think is great for this type of deep dive. So we're going to find out for Oliver and AJ, what are some models that are auto hires? What are uh, models they bring in 80, 80 percent of the time? And uh, how do they take advantage? Advantage of uh, out of keyword and versatile models. Uh, so we'll be right back. Howdy friends, Greg here. Nothing makes Malifaux easier than having the right tools. Here at the third floor, we love all the licensed Malifaux goodies from Custom Meeple. Not only are they helping support this podcast, they sell custom-made weird licensed tokens and terrain. They sell it all. Crew boxes, terrain, markers, tokens, and even a 3x3 full Malifaux board. Custom Meeple sells a complete M3E token set covering every marker and token you need to play. Custom Meeple are the source for the official accessories for Malifaux. Everything is designed by hand and authorized by Weird Games. Check them out at custommeeple.com, that's with one M, or follow the link in the show notes. Up your Malifaux game and be sure to tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. If you use the promo code third floor friend, all one word, T-H-I-R-D-F-L-O-O-R-F-R-I-E-N-D, you'll get a 5% discount and help support the podcast. It's valid on everything except retail products and playmats. So now that we got a sense, you know, of, of what Ma can do, and um, boy, it, part of the reason I think that we're starting to hear about how good Ma is is the flexibility that both Oliver and AJ talked about. Now we got to talk about the crew, and obviously the first thing we talk about the auto hire is literally an auto hire is the totem. So AJ, can we talk about Ma's totem? Yes. Um... So that uh, she's got the scamper, like keyword. Uh, she's insignificant, so she can't drop uh, schemes and strats. Uh, uh, she's ignored for all purposes. Um, the pounce after enemy model ends a move engaged. Um, and no, sorry, after an enemy model ends a move engaged by this model, if it's not the enemy or the activation, it gains fast. That never happens. So but <laughs> never happens before. Yeah. She's always it, at the very, very back, little lasses, and what she's there for is the pushes. So what role does she fill in a mock crew? She's, um, she's got two roles. She's got a very sneaky role, but well, her main role in the crew is for moving models. Um, it, she needs a seven of any card, and she can push any model in five inches in, in any direction. Nice. So it's very good for... Um, when you've got that focus bomb with Mara at the beginning, you've got a choice. You can either move the roosters out to left to right, because you normally always got one rooster on the left and one on the right of the, of the bubble, or you can push Mar up. It all depends on what your opponent's doing. If your opponent's coming to you, uh, push the roosters out. If he's staying away, go a rooster and Mar to, to push them forward. And she's always got a very, very sneaky, because she stays in the backfield. If someone's coming through with breakthrough or um, search the ruins, uh, zero is um, remove an enemy scheme marker within two. There's no card draw. There's no uh, target number. It's just gone. Removed. Yeah, that, and that's huge. That's Good absolutely thing. huge. Especially to your point, AJ, because she's going to be in the backfield anyway. Yeah, exactly. And she draws a card from the top of the disbar. Dis, uh, disbar. Uh, blah. Sorry, I'm mixing words. 
uh, discard pile. She draws the yep. top card. But it's yep, removing okay. that scheme marker that has got me so many points where people just think, oh, it's they ignore her for, for the schemes and the strats because you think, and everything's out of range and gone. Plus, I can push models away. Yep. It's, she, she's great. She's nice. So Oliver, what is, what is your first actual hire? So what, what's yeah. a model? What's a model that it's in every single one of your crews? Uh, Gracie. She's just, Gracie. She, yeah. If, and, and, and the main reason I take Gracie in every single mod game is because, and this is just a general Bayou tip, right? If your master's actions are more valuable in their, than their movement, however you want them forward, you should bring Gracie. So Mom and, and, and we should note that Gracie is not Trixie. No, she is versatile. She is versatile. Yeah. Um, and, but I think she is so vital to the plan. Um, you, if you don't bring her, it, it can be awkward to unpack the the package. It can be awkward to unpack uh, the focus bomb. Um, she's very hard to kill. She's armor two. She's five AP, so she's reckless. So that's that makes her a three AP model if you do reckless. Alternatively, you can ride with me, so that's moving her, moving the target, and then for some reason, she's got the only trigger in the game that gives more value out of ride with me. If you get a toe on ride with me, she also puts a focus on the person she moves. That's so, good. and usually, if if you set it up right, she's a fifty mil base, right? So you're pushing her forward, and then you can put the other target on the opposite side of her, and they can yeah. be two inches away from her. So a lot of times, she'll be actually the head of basically. Uh, my attack line, um, two inches away from Ma, push her forward, put Ma on the other side of herself, put a focus on Ma, and then do whatever else she wants to do. And when she does that, you, you just got so much value out of it. Um, and then when she has three AP on her, again, she's whip six too, so she's good defensively in regards to actual, uh, you know, mental attacks, psychic attacks, whatever it spells. Um, and so she can get into the scrimmage and she, she and Ma are basically the, the line that, that stops the enemy from coming in. So you have, you have all these, lo- these gun lines that they want to go interact with Gracie or Ma and you have people who are just shooting them off the table and they can't get to them because she's, she's the, the defensive line basically. Well, and she's a huge damage threat to boot. So you, you I mean, huge. Gracie brings a lot. Huge. Yeah. She's, she's a hyper AP efficient model that is almost impossible to kill if you set your order activations appropriately. Um, she can eat people. If she eats people, then she heals. She is hard to kill. So a lot of the time your opponent's forced into a situation where they have to attack her, knock her to hard to kill. And then if you hold high cards in hand like your red or your 13, you can force the next attack to fail, attack back, and then on the counter punch, you kill that model, eat them. Or you just, she has tear off a bite. So all you have to do is use tear off a bite and then all of a sudden you value. And again, this goes back to wall models are either hyper AP efficient for me or extremely deficient for my opponent, right? So she puts a, your opponent in a position where she's hard to kill and healing. That means immediately she can she can really screw up your opponent's plans because they can go all in to kill her. Her armor can mitigate it, and then all of a sudden she can heal back up, and they have to spend two more AP just to attack her and kill her. Yeah, yeah. Now, how about you, AJ? Do you bring Gracie in uh, to most of your crews? For the um, for the six games at the weekend, I um, only took her once because I promised Oliver that I would. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what did you find? Did you like her? Yeah, she, she's she's not bad. She's good. Like I, everything, what Oliver said was right. She's she's very good um, in the combat. But see, most of the players over here know how good she is. 
So they normally put every AP in and, and they drop her straight away. Because her movement is only four. I know you've got the zero to, uh, see, you've only got, the zero can do ride with me or give her reckless. You can't have both, unfortunately. Um, so normally, you, so that's either move 12 inches or move five, then move 12, uh, move eight. So yeah, five right. and eight. So it's, they normally take her down so much. They just pour everything into her and take her down. When the opponent leaves her alone, she can have a field day. So what's your first hire for you then, AJ? What do you always bring in? Uh, it's, it's, I think the Roosters has got to go in. You've always got to put two well, Roosters. Let's talk there. Roosters. Yeah, yeah. You always have to hire Roosters. You can't play without them. Yeah. Roosters, I think... Now, they used to be really... People said they was really broken in the last edition before they got a fix. And people's even complaining even more now. Yeah, and, they're, and, they're worse now. Oh, yeah, they're so good. So, they, so they've got the keyword. Um... They can, they can charge, they ignore the, uh, they've got frenzy, frenzy charge, so they ignore the once per activation restriction on the charge. Eight wounds, uh, defense five, willpower four, which is their weakness, uh, movement seven, size Oh, three. that's the part that just it's is the movement disgusting. Seven. Oh, it's, it, it's great. It's like in turf war, yeah, I can, I can claim that to the left straight away in the first activation by going reckless, because that's their zero go reckless to get, um, the game fast yeah but, but their gun it's a fantastic gun it's range 14 uh, uh stat five and the target stuff is two three five damage it's uh, the spike at the end that kills it yep and it's the um on a mask they've got reposition they move up to three the, when they get into combat they're even better yeah they've got they've got their beak it's stat five again and it does two four five damage if they've got the ram trigger, um, it's rip and tear. They can take another attack action against the same target, and they put um, a pause to the duel. So there's a couple things that I think people need to keep and in mind. As we're going to the card, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and we'll head back there. But there's something that people need to keep in mind as, as AJ's talking here. So he's talking about uh, on the guns, we got a two, three, five. On the beak, we've got a two, four, five. And then you've got that rip and tear trigger on the ram, which is not built in. You've got a really nice bold over trigger on the mask. But keep in mind where this model's coming from. It's coming in a crew that is going to be handing out focus like candy. So your chances of being able to get that five to happen are much higher than you would normally oh, think for any scary. other model. Yeah. And two... Think about the card cycling we've already been hinting at. You're going to hear more and more of it as we go. So hitting and being able to cheat in those high rams to get that second attack. Um, <coughs> Rooster Riders are, are a model that until you see it on the table, you, you can't read it and know how disgusting they are. They read on the card. When you read the card in isolation, you go, all right, seven, seven costs. That seems reasonable. When you see it on the table, they're a 10-point model. It's it's really pretty amazing. Um, what did you want to talk about on the front of the card, AJ? So on the front of the card, they've got uh, um, grit. So when this model is reduced to half its damp, half of elf, or, uh, sorry, half of its health, it gets a plus to the duels and the damage flips. Oh, it's so good! So that is so fantastic. So what I do, I let my opponent. I get within fourteen, get a uh, get a couple of focus shots off to burn a couple of focus or one focus. And when they shoot back and get in range, I let them take them down. Even if they take free elf, I'll go reckless yeah. just to go to halfway. Then I'm charging in. I'm getting a pause. 
I'll get a positive to the uh, attack. If I'm focusing, I'm getting a double. Yeah, and the disgusting. same to the damage. I'm I'm guaranteed to do four damage. And yep. if I and because I'm going to rig the deck, and we're going to talk about that later on, I'm guaranteed to get a high card. And yeah. I yeah, took it's, it's, out in one in one round of combat once. The first time one of the one of these chickens get into you, you just you and you see it happen in front of you for the first time. You're like, I, I can't believe this. Like all of this just happened, and, and my model is gone. Like you have deleted my model. It's it, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, so Oliver, after uh, Rooster Riders, where do you head? Well, I do I do want to comment on something on Roosters. Um, so they, they have two significant weaknesses. They have their their whip, and then they have a zero inch melee. Now, this is something where AJ and I may disagree. I think that if you ever get a rooster in melee, you fucked up somewhere. I think that their seven movement is extremely valuable, and they should be used to harry people and to keep back. I, I've i gone into melee with a rooster probably one time in the last ten games I've played. So you like to keep them out, I assume, to, to take advantage of that move seven for scheming and, and repositioning? And because, but more important than that, it is AP deficient for your opponent to attack them, Right. So if your opponent is in a position where they need to attack a rooster, they have to move twice most of the time. So they have okay. to walk, and then they have to walk charge. At that point, if they scamper or if they cheat, I can scamper, and usually I'm going to focus defense if they're walk charging into me. And then all of a sudden, I can scoot away. And then I can mm-hmm. just unload the rest of my focused attacks into it. And that model's dead. Oftentimes on turn one, I'm going to be pushing my roosters up because my intent is to shoot three times into their models, and I'll focus kill one or two things. The main thing is you want to kill them before they have activations. So you want to kill their AP while you protect your own. If I'm ever taking a walk action or a charge action, I've lost AP because later on I'm either losing that model or um, I've I've given them AP back by making them not have to walk. This is something that is, I think, the biggest um, step between level one and level two play with roosters is the melee is really, really hot. I mean, it is. It looks amazing. It's good. It looks so good. And if you get in the melee, you're going to kill whatever it is. The problem is you just sunk three AP, and that you're going to lose it. That that model is going to die. They do not have the defensive tech to sustain a counterpunch. And this is something that Nick and I and Gavin argued with for probably three or four months in the beta until finally I was like, you know what, I'll just play them the way you guys are saying instead of using them as the melee machines I assume they are. And all of a sudden my win rate spiked exponentially and I was immediately posting on the forums, these need to be nerfed, these need to be nerfed immediately. Yeah, and Nick and Gavin, Nick and Gavin for those of you that are listeners, are there uh, two, two other guys uh, in that uh, same meta that Oliver plays in. What were you going to say, AJ? See, what well, Oliver's made a good point, but it's also you've got to remember what are you sending the rooster riders into at, at the end of the day? Because most of the things, they're normally rooster riders, don't know you play Oliver, but most, mostly they go on the flanks to the left and right. right. Yeah, nearly I all go the around time. the center with them. Right, so they can, so I, I use Mar up the center uh, with with whatever's left in my crew. So the rooster riders come in, like horns of the buffalo coming around the side. Mm-hmm. So on their side, most of my opponents, they're going to have five-point scheme, scheme runners. Yeah, bolt and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're stopping the scheme runners. They're having a couple of pop shots, take the scheme runners out, come in. If they've got a big henchman up there, which is like hard to wound and, you know, you're not going to do a lot of damage, you're right, Oliver, you keep it back. So it all depends on what's on what you're playing against. I mean, I well, agree. What's what's significant, I think, to say here about the Rooster Riders, though, is that they're a huge ranged threat that can also 
handle themselves in melee. And that's a big deal. So whether you think that you should have them in melee or not, I honestly don't care. That's a play style thing. What's significant is when you have a ranged model that can handle itself in melee, that's a big deal. And and that's where you just don't see that outside of Rooster Riders, to be frank, quite frank with worlds, you. It? Yeah, it really is. So Oliver, uh, after Rooster Riders, where do you look? Uh, next up, so my core list is going to have Gracie in every list. It's going to have Bushwhackers uh, in every list, usually, or Soulstone Miners. And the reason I say it's it's usually between those two is those are my flex spots. So mm-hmm. I either bring two Soulstone Miners and one Bushwhacker, or two Bushwhackers and one Soulstone Miner, um, because they fit similar roles um, in, in that regard, right? Like, so they're both. They're both things that score me schemes. They're, they do very, they do it very differently, right? So when I pull up a list, the first thing I look at, because that's my main decision. It, you know, I almost always bring two roosters. I almost always bring Gracie. I bring Bren. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's just really, am I bringing two Bushwhackers and Soulstone, or am I bringing two Soulstones? And the, the main question is, can I score something just by being in the right place at the right time? If the answer is yes, I'm bringing Soulstone Miners. Right. If I have to actually interact then most of the time I'm going to break bushwhackers. And that breaks down further to, is my opponent very, very weak to guns? If yes, instead ignore that if the schemes are relatively easy because I can just have my roosters score them once my opponent's all dead, and I'll bring two bushwhackers and I will set them forward just three inches outside my deployment and then just put them in the focus bubble. And I think, and I'm not going to want to spend too much time on Soulstone Miners, um, but because we've talked about them a few times on the show over the last 50 episodes. They're weird. Um, They're weird in Mavo, so there are a couple things. Yeah, no, and we definitely will talk about them. But I I do want to talk about Bushwhackers because it's a pretty unique model. Can you walk me through, Oliver, um, what Bushwhackers bring to a Trixie crew? Yeah, so the the main thing is they have From the Shadows, uh, Stealth, and Pit Traps. So they, they can set up the pit traps initiating in the game. And the reason that's relevant when you bring them is because on their gun, there's an ability called clever ruse that when you shoot somebody, you can push them towards a pit trap. So that does not say enemy only. I want to point out also, so you can shoot your own models, cheat men damage um, or relent um, and then move them more. If you need to, I've done that mm-hmm. in games before when I want to interact, interact, things like that. Um, but more importantly, it's going to set you up in those positions where, oh, they've got the captain, and the captain is an aura that makes it so I can't do damage to them. Okay, I'm going to shoot them. I don't care if I focus or not. I'm just going to shoot. I'm going to put in my high mask. I'm going to beat you, pull you out of the captain's aura. Okay, now I'm going to shoot focus, and I'm going to cheat my ram in. The biggest thing is they have a crit strike on their gun. They have the same gun as roosters, except the fact that it does it ignores cover. So roosters used to have that. They changed it. Um, but yeah, so when you're crit striking with them, you're shooting min three, min three on a gun is exceptional. Again, you have to assume that every single melee action is, is AP inefficient because you have to walk at some point to get into melee guns. You don't always have to take that assumption. So if you're able to min three things, it is substantially more valuable to min three things with a gun than it is to min three things. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. So they're, they're probably very valuable mostly because of that and the combination of stealth. Um, they're hard to interact. Yeah, they're very hard to interact. With. They're hard to get to. If you want to get towards them, they can put traps in your way. Um, they have sweet-ass hats. I mean, I just really <laughs> think that. I mean, that guy's got a bird on his head. I can't over, or oversell that. That is 
So, so with the Soulstone Miners, Oliver, you know, you hinted that, and, and again, I don't want to go through the card on the Soulstone they Miners, but with it, the Bushwhacker. So that's, so that's t- yeah, I want to talk about that. So talk to me about what makes him unique in Trixie. Yeah. So the, the main thing is a they have four AP. So that's 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 step one, right? Turn one with a you're using your Soulstone Miners as pass tokens to uh, create a Soulstone, focus, dig underground. That is one of your pass actions that you're going to use initiating the the game. You're going to use Ma first. You're going to push out all your stuff. You're then going to use Soulstone Miners to force them to use their actions. If you win initiative, you obviously make them go first because it's always better on turn one. Um, but the main thing is that when they pop up, they're attacking people with focus. So you can get that armor-piercing attack. You can get um, drop down a hole consistently. And that drop down a hole is not something that is anywhere close to a reasonable ability. It's place a target in a base contact with a target-friendly scheme marker or friendly pit trap marker within six of its current position. So, so in, in my finals game with uh, our semifinals game with Steve at Nova, there was a point where I popped up a Soulstone Miner, attacked a guy that he just saw. It was some seven or eight point ghost. I don't know. It's the one people always complain about building. It's got a million points. Um, attacked it, threw down the hole, and then there was exactly a ski mark within six inches. Or not ski, sorry, pit trap. And then I put it on the other side of that pit trap, engaging Big Brain Bren and two other models. And yeah. so all of a sudden I've attacked this model, moved it out of position, something like eight and a half, nine inches because base movement and base size is a thing. Yep. And all of a sudden you can just take a model and then throw it either on the other line of your scrimmage. So you can auto kill it with, you know, Oh, your 10 point models against my 50 points. I wonder who's going to win. Um, so it just lets you do those things. And then in addition, obviously it's, it's funding your soul stones. Um, her crew actually doesn't use a lot of stones outside of Holoran. Um, and Ma herself buying stones for ram attacks to min five people. So, so a- AJ, um, we talk about Bryn. So I, I get the feeling that Bryn makes a lot of your crews. Oh, every time, every time. Every time. Yeah. So, every so time. what does what does Bryn bring to Trixie? Normally, he just stays in the backfield. Um, he don't really ever come forward. So this is the thing where Gracie would be Andy to, to bring him upfield, but he's normally always cycling cards. That's all he ever does is cycle. He's great for um, Arcane Reservoir to get the extra card. Um, uh, counter the possibilities to look through. Ten, everyone knows what Big Brain does. He, um, so you can look at the... Well, let's assume they don't. So, so okay, just to, right, okay, just to so right, clarify, so, that's yep. an ability that you flip okay. the top ten. Yep. So first of all, he looked at he looked at the top three um, three cards of his deck um, off the top first. Uh, blah, 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 intuition. So he looks at the f- top three cards, puts them back in any order, flips it over. He needs a seven. So if, when he gets a seven, he can look. He can draw ten cards out the out the off the deck, put them into discard pile. You can go all the way through the discard pile and put three back into the deck, shuffle them in, and then draw one. You'll do that twice. That's what Bryn always does. I use them differently. Well, well, what's nice about Bryn, though, is that you're getting him at a discount because we see Bryn and every Bayou crew and they're paying nine for him. You don't have to because his actual, um, he's actually is a Trixie model. Yeah. If you get close, if, he, if, 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 if models get in close, then I'm going to try and give you slow or yep. um, do some of his other defense, defense abilities. He's really good against Shenron. If, if Ma thinks you've got a problem with Sheng Long, uh, I don't think she has because we'll sit back, we will shoot you at range. When Sheng Long gets in and does his ability where um, he, um, oh, what's the word for it? Um, irreducible damage yep. on one of his trigger. 
Bren will say, I knew you were going to do that. He discards a card and that triggers automatically gone. Yep. And then you scamper away with the model and then he dies. Jeez. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I really had not thought about a Trixie crew as being a, a being a potential hard counter, but that makes a ton of sense with that range threat and then Bryn sitting there um, really being able to uh, uh, reduce the uh, damage output of Shenlong. That's interesting. Oliver, you said that you use Bryn a little bit differently. Yeah, I actually use Bryn uh, super differently. Um, I use him primarily for the new you're going to do that trigger. So I actually get him pretty far forward. Um, he's actually an exceedingly tanky model. Um, a lot of people play him a little scared. Um, but he has Serene Countenance, which good. Is, is just crazy. Ruthless never gets there, right? So, and then in addition to that, um, he has the intuition. Now, there is some discussion over intuition's interaction with Calculate the Possibilities right now. It probably does need an FAQ, so hopefully our listeners will live in a, a better world than us. But presently, the discarding the top 10 cards is a cost. You have to pay that cost before you flip cards, actually. Um, mm-hmm. They just confirmed that this week. So presently, intuition and calculate don't actually work together. You flip 10, you immediately discard the top, and then you flip a blind card out of it. Um, so that does make calculate weaker. I think it's a, I think it's a really strong ability. I almost never use it twice, and I actually don't always use it. I use his sharp wit a lot. I use a sober up a lot. Um, I tend to push him up with little ass or maw and i'm charging people with him um if you get into melee with him whoever is in melee with bryn is never getting out of melee with bryn because if you if you get into melee with bryn right you're having to you're having to take a disengage action against my melee i'm whip seven so now you're almost always losing you're not getting super far and the first thing i did getting into melee with you was hit you and give you slow so all I'm yeah, going to do you know, he's a he's a tarp he's a tarp right. he's just a huge tarpet and that's how I yeah. use him a lot. Um, like I said earlier, the drop down a hole, I will throw people into Bryn's melee. Um, I will shoot people with bushwhackers and throw them towards Bryn, and then he just hits people and slows them. The best way to kill a model that you don't want to kill is to give it slow. Yep. So I mean, when you're playing against Kirai and you don't want to kill her totem, slow it. When you're playing against you know any other monster that you're like oh this is a terrifying thing and it takes way too much to kill it like oh serena bowman okay she's almost impossible to kill well you can slow her and make her not super efficient and then put her gods nowhere um and then he has pulling the strings the biggest thing is it's a it's almost a free obey it kills the target however you can remove a scheme marker to not kill the target so you can obey somebody the thing is it doesn't say ally scheme or enemy scheme it just says scheme so you can pick up yep. teams with him too. Um, he's just a hyper weird utility piece who kind of does everything, and he looks like he goes in a lot of different directions. Um, so you can play him a lot of different ways. I think as a tarpet, that's my preference because again, my whole strategy with Ma is to either be hyper AP efficient while also taxing my opponent's AP as much as possible because that's when that's when she she really becomes broken, in my opinion, is when you are letting your opponent get a third of their AP or half of their AP. Meanwhile, you're getting an entire game's worth of AP multiple times in a row. So AJ, for you, do you find, um, I'm looking over the other Trixie models. Um, how about Trixie Bell? Are you using Trixie Bell at all with Ma? Um, I hardly ever, ever use Trixie. But with, with, yeah, I'm, I'm but, noticing that. But with what you said about Brian, if I just one second go back to sure. that. Um, I find that if we rig the deck, get, get it down many, 
little cards as possible in that deck, going into the Roosters. And I know he says AP efficient, but if, the, if my opponent, I'm normally, over the weekend, in the three or four of my games, I was taking out three models in turn one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is what Oliver's talking about. Yeah, you get that deck right down and take him out. But I do agree with you, Oliver, that if you was going to be in like play fair, I think you should only um, do the um, draw the cards. What's it called? Counter the possibility only once. I think it's going to get nerfed down to about once. That I think it probably fair. will be. I think the FAQ adjustment really hinders it because you have to have a card to cheat out of your hand. The biggest thing, um, or the pseudo FAQ. They confirmed it on, I think that was the forums and someone posted yeah, on it. Makes but, it, fair. Makes it yeah, fair. I mean, I think that's a lot more reasonable. I, th- I think calculate's also an extremely hard ability to use. Um, you have to know when you want to use it. At, so you, you have to treat Bren like a fake pass token as well, just like the Soulstone Miners. So you have to decide when to use his pass token of I'm going to walk, calculate, or charge, calculate. In addition to I want to set that up prior to lots of action occurring but not prior to me wasting a bunch of AP walking around or, or flipping things or doing other stuff. So it's in this like weird place where you have to, it takes, it takes games to get used to. The first few times you're going to be like, sweet, I used it once or twice and it didn't do anything. Or I used it at the end of the turn and then I had like five cards and all I did was my opponent attacked me and I flipped my two thirteens on defense and then I attacked and I got my five and my six. Like it, it takes understanding of the timing, but once you get it, it's really strong. It's just, a lot of the time I find that if you use it twice, you're you're left with like six or seven cards and then your opponent just attacks you twice and, and uses sure. up all your uses up the advantage you just got. Is there any key in keyword models, AJ, that that you're also bringing in pretty common or we pretty much covered the core crew? Yeah, I mean, like Trixie, uh, so we'll go back to Trixie Bell. Sorry, I forgot, uh, we skipped there. She, she, she doesn't do a lot for me. She's got the law. Uh, she's got the law. She's got the ill omens. Mal's already got that. She's manipulative. Yeah. Uh, she's got don't mind me. She's seven stones. She's got a place, but she's just not as good as other stuff. Um, what I always... We're just talking Trixie models only. Um, survivors are quite good. Yeah. Cheap scheme runners. Uh, range 14 gun, hard to kill, armor one. Um, very good gun damage as well. They're good. Uh, have you, have you, have you proxied, uh, test subjects yet? Not yet. No, not yet. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm keen on them or not at the moment. They have, they have, they're very good. Should we talk about them? Yeah, let's talk about them. I mean, they're only four stones, so they can they're only be so cheap. good. So their defense four, willpower two, movement five, uh, size two. They've got six health, uh, armor one. Um, they've, they've, I can't remember if they've got a gun or, or a melee attack. I think they've got a gun. Yeah, they've they have got, got, sh- got a gun. They've got a, yeah, they've got like Range a range attack think. that ignores armor. Yeah, it's- yeah, that's, that's the, the only thing in the game what removes armor without, uh, without a trigger, I think, in the bayou out of everything. And it does one, two, four damage. It's got a zero to remove scheme markers. But where their strength is, if you put them in a pit trap, it increases their defense and willpower. So the defense goes up. And so for those of you that have not looked at it and, and bring it up in the app when you get a chance right, after right. The, after you're done listening, because you look at that failed experiment, which is the uh, which is the what AJ is talking about. And remember, we're, we're living in a world with pit traps. And the biggest thing to notice is the lack of a cap 
that is on there. So there's nothing stopping somebody from being injured five, injured six. So all of a sudden, uh, just think about that with failed experiment. Um, so I think with test subjects, AJ, we're going to, we're not going to hear about them until they come out. And then I think we're going to hear a lot about them because, um, another model that I've seen them in play, um, personally. And, um, I, it's hard to believe that they're four stones. Yeah. Their um, sculpts are incredible too. They're well, like, they're pretty, mo- they're going to be yeah, pretty modern. They're going to be really they cool. Are, they're like yeah. monkeys and an alligator and a chicken with like yeah. brain in the jars for their heads. Now about their shock therapy. We haven't even talked about their shock therapy on the card. Um, oh, yeah. But with, like, little last moves on, instead of being pushed, they can take the charge action instead. It's so good. Well, they also scamper, right? So anytime you scamper, you can charge with them. The problem is they have a zero-inch melee. So, if it, like, if, if you get in weird positions where your opponent's like, oh, I'm going to use zero-inch, so I'm going to be at one-inch on the charge so you can't interact and I cheat. Hey, well, cool. I'm going to go ahead and push into melee with you, and now I'm charging you in the middle of your activation. Uh, there's not a lot of like value to that. I mean, they do have grab on, so if they do that, they can then immediately slow the person who's attacking them. So they have the ability to like be these weird uh, counter triggers to just like in people's turns. Um, I think them having forage as well, and the fact that they're not insignificant means that at some point they may be valuable. Um, they're four stones, Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Because they're four stones. They have armor one, and they have they have the the triggers right. And then obviously, if you put twelve cups of coffee on them, they're minions. You can wibble wobble in a pit trap and and you know get infinite. But that's not good. So stop doing it, John, and everybody else in the body chat who keeps trying to. I want to talk about Sparks, AJ. Oh, I think Sparks is very very underrated. Um, I think he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> he's very situational. He's very he's very situational. I get where you're coming, but I played him against a Petita, a Petita crew, and because he's got hostile work territory, uh, hostile work. Let's get it right. Yeah, yeah. He just shut down Petita, passing on a card to let another family member, and yep. plus all pit traps uh, within one give you damage one, damage one. But they can give bombs in the belly, which is really good. I don't know if you've seen the upgrades, bombs in the belly, put them in a the rooster rider. If they kill them, bang, they explode, uh, cause free damage. Um, it's just, it's a different play style, but if, if models bunch up a lot, like Jack Door and that, it's just a way of... It, it, it can be nasty. And I think as I'm going through this with you guys, I think one of the challenges that you guys have to be facing, uh, which might hurt Sparks' case a little bit, is there's a lot of seven, eight, nine point non-stone models so you start running out of stones to hire um so i would imagine you know there's a lot of flexing going on there's times when you would bring in sparks there's times when you'd bring i would never bring sparks i'm, I'm gonna say that, that right now like i will i will unless he changes i will never put him on a table i played him aggressively in the beta um i tried to get him adjusted time and time again in the beta he has a huge opportunity cost in the fact that he costs the exact same amount as Big Brain Brent. If you look at right. those two models right next to each other, he is unplayable. The only well, I value take he has, pork chop, so. right, right, exactly. Yeah, and I would never take Porkchop either. He's just not Gracie, right? He's he's a uh, a reckless model that has armor, but he's so weak on wounds. He doesn't do a lot. The biggest issue is those models are not designed for Ma. They're designed no, they're for not, they're, not. they're designed for Mayfang. And they right. need to either acknowledge that and just put them in Mayfang or design them for both, right? Well, you, and can run a crew, you can run a crew with three survivors. 
test subjects, you can. have a load of armor, but yeah. it's, it's not going to be nowhere as good as the right. crew, what we're running now. That What you guys are right. talking and about, exactly. Mars, and once Ma's nerfed, right? Because the assumption is that at some point, horrible arm will, will be once a turn. If that doesn't happen, then the, the, it's just, there's just no way it doesn't, right? Like, either that or focus changes or something, because taking a turn one 27 AP action is not acceptable for the health of the game. So if they do if they do that and they drop it to focus one... Then yeah, then it might be worth playing, you know, the test subjects and the survivors and all that other stuff. you need Gracie then cool. to move Mar up. Right. Right, you, right, and you might be able to do other stuff instead of moving... Uh, I think the biggest thing is the context of the game that we are playing right now forces you out of a lot of the decisions. It forces you out of test subjects. It forces you out of survivors. It forces you out of sparks. Um... I, you know, I always wanted Sparks to be a cheat model. I wanted, you know, the thing I value him for very much so is hostile work environment. It's a pretty good ability, but you don't take it. It's kind of niche. But more importantly, uh, you know, his ability to negate armor and shield. That's the only thing that can do that. Yeah, it's the only thing that can do that in Bayou. Armor is our biggest weakness. But the one time that I really would want to take that would be into Hoffman. And guess who can't have their armor changed? Yeah. So why do I care? What like why would I ever care? And he's such a cool looking model too. He's got a range. He is cool. Like, I love that model. He's one of the reasons I picked Bayou. And like my my love of the sculpt has waned because of how bad that model. Is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so AJ, we've talked about Gracie, who's versatile. Is there any other versatile or out of keyword models that we need to mention? Um, probably two. I'll, I'll mention one quick. It's not, not. It's very situation if you're facing. Uh, Pandora, the Bayou Gate is a, a good one to throw in five, give them focus, uh, flurry, um, and they've got stealth. So if you're facing the gun line, they can yep. get up there with them. It all depends who you're playing against. Very situational. Sure. Um, but a model I've just got to appreciate over the weekend is the first mate. He is okay. Talk to me about first mate. So good. The first mate. Let me just find his card here. I want to get it perfect. Right. So. His defense is only five, willpower five, move six, size two. He is the ultimate um, score your points model. He is great for, he can jump in for claim jump. Um, he can run for outflank, um, power ritual. I know you're going to do this with the miners, but it's something else. For plant explosives, he's fantastic. He can, he's got showboating, so he can draw a card. Um, You've got butterfly jump, so we his defense tech, so he can move back free. Um, if you draw, if he takes a scheme mark of in six, he can draw a card. So that that's okay, but it's his leap. It's really good. Yeah, his leap is great. His leap's great. So he's got, and it's a it's a place as well. Which is yeah, really, he's really really he, good. He's a model that um, uh, he's not cheap, um, and uh, but he he he. He, he can very often um, justify his cost because he's got the defensive tech to keep him on the board so that you can hopefully get multiple turns out of him. And he's got the ability to impose his will or or, or escape when need would need be. So it, it can often make him uh, worth his money. Uh, how about got, you, Oliver? He's got Go stealth as, sorry, he's got stealth as well. Right. That, that's the defensive tech that just makes it so, but it's so hard. Part. You put gorilla suit on him as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's expensive. So you can't but be he, he's going everywhere. And, and he gets into combat. He's, yep. he's, he's, he's beat. He's got a built-in ram. So he's doing min-free. 
So oh, he's, he, he can put out the damage. He can put it's, out the damage. Even a, when he a, leaps putting a ramp, he does attack. He's just. There's a reason we're really seeing, good. um, there's a reason we're seeing First Mate hired out of keyword a good bit. And that's because he's good. So I think that First Mate is probably, Ma is probably the only place where I actually don't hire First Mate ever. And the reason, and this is where AJ and I's play styles might differ, right? Um, for me, if I'm playing First Mate, I'm dedicating at least four stones to First Mate only. So uh, the biggest things for him is his leap does not have a built-in mask. And right. you want the ram trigger because, again, you want to be AP efficient. Right? You can give him fast by hitting the wooden spoon uh, with Ma and then knocking him in or a little last knock him in or shooting with pit traps. You actually have a lot of ways to set up um, his ability to his pounds, basically. But the biggest thing for me is I don't feel that he gets his full value unless I am mitigating his his actual wounds he's getting hit for with stones or buying rams if you buy rams with him he can min four people and that eats people very quickly you can uh prowling strike or sorry pouncing strike so he can he can jump and then hit people while he's in melee he's very uh suit focused he's very hard focused so even though he would have three focus on him in a game i he, he's he's a lot softer um, I, I look at I look at first mate as a thirteen stone model before any other upgrades on him. I, I can I can see that. I mean, he can be resource intensive, right? He, yeah, he's just really resource intensive to get his sure. value. And and when you do, I mean, Craig, you you played against my first mate, right? I mean, I yep. killed Archie in single activation with him. He's bananas. Like I love him, but I will do it once Ma gets nerfed. I'll, I'll I'll put it that way, right? And, and until then, it's just th- those pressures of stones are not something that. I have an abundance of. Well, both you and AJ have been have been preaching about it. Is you know there there there's a lot of really good six, seven, eight stone models that are in keyword that you know it makes it harder. I think to flex in that you know that that tax thing, and that that doesn't mean that first mate's not good. Right. It doesn't mean that first mate can't be effective in Trixie. Right. Um. But you know, is are you going to get full value? Right. Um, And that's that's basically like my thoughts. Now, with that said, there are some things that do take out of keyword occasionally um if i am ever in an event and i am forced to take vendetta and i don't know why i'm playing in the event if i'm playing vendetta but if i do i'm bringing raimi um yes yeah, yeah, really good definitely. with refocus yeah obviously you move him with with gracie you give him the fourth one and then he takes two shots with focus at 24 inches he's killing whoever he needs to and then yep. you're leaving him off to do whatever for the rest of the game he's six points you don't really care you just replace yep. a bushwhacker with him, um, you know, and then you lose one stone out of your cash. It's not apocalyptic. Um, other than that, uh, I have been crazy and brought uh, Mancha Roja once or twice. I don't really. Think that's actually, yeah, he gets he can min uh, five people or min. I think it's min four. No, he's min five. So if, if you if you put him into position, and again it just goes back to the Gracie tricks, right? So if you if you and it, it's very expensive, so you you put a uh, gremlin suit on Gracie, you can push him into the sides of people, pick them up, move them, and then he can adversary onto a model, attack them, and then basically combo. Yeah, attack I, 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 I don't adventure. think he's, I don't think he's needed. It's, it's, it's so the, style, but. the only time I've ever really like warranted or absolutely demanded him to come into play is moments where I need to remove tokens and need to remove remove objects on the board 
Um, the big thing is if he charges and melees something, he doesn't actually have to have a melee target to pick something up. Um, just because of the way the layering of the rules works, you pay cost before you declare all the rest of the targets. So yep. he has a seven inch movement. You can move, you can pick up Karis's fire marker, discard it and go from there. Again, it's very corner case. Um, but I'm almost never bringing stuff out of keyword anyways. So, well, you've got a lot of good keyword models, so that um, makes a ton of sense to me. Maybe economy. They're just hyper efficient. If I'm again, it's it's the points where the person's built a really hard tournament, and I can't bring harness leyline, I can't bring surge runes or one of the other missions that is easy for Ma. And that's the thing; it's very hard for a tournament organizer to build an event that doesn't have Ma or Somer as the best option. Got it. But occasionally it does, and occasionally that's where your keywords come in. All right. So I think we've got a good sense of really both how Oliver and AJ um, kind of build their crews and where they're coming from. We're going to take a quick break. When I get back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what strategies and schemes uh, does, does Trixie do well in? And uh, what are some schemes that if you're playing against Trixie, you probably should avoid? So we'll be right back. Howdy friends, here on the third floor, you'll find us playing Malifaux and other games on Mats by Mars. They are scratch resistant, waterproof, wet erase marker compatible, and lighter than neoprene. Mats by Mars gives you over 40 designs to choose from. Pick a mat size, pick a design, then choose an overlay like the one for Marvel Crisis Protocol or Malifaux 3rd Edition. It will speed up deployment and the placement of strategy and objective markers. If you're going to Adepticon this year, be sure to check out the Mats by Mars booth. Until the end of March 2020, you can use the new promo code THIRDFLOOR320, that's THIRDFLOOR320, to get a 10% discount on your next order. In the notes, you can ask for the Third Floor logo to be put on your mat for free. Again, use the promo code THIRDFLOOR320 to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. So we're finding with you know the way the keyword system works that um, there's a couple things to consider when you when you have you know the strategy of a pool. Um, now there's a lot of masters out there that can play just about any strategies, um, and I think Ma's one of them. I think Ma has got the uh, the tools to do just fine in all four of the strategies. But the other thing that you have to think about and consider is. Is she the best, right? So if I'm going to say I'm not going to solo Ma, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to bring three, four, five different Bayou keywords. Um, Ma might be great in one of these, but someone else would be better. So AJ, I'd be curious, where does she win that contest? Is there a certain strategy where you just say, you know what, Ma is probably the best choice? Yeah, I would. It's a top up with zip, but I really like plant explosives. With okay, Why is, and uh, would it be just the mobility or is there it's other the mo- aspects? It's the mobility with the first mate, stick stick two bombs on him, stick a gorilla suit on him with stealth, he's going at the board, stick one on Ma, two on, one on each rooster rider, Yeah, um, because they're going to stick um, their bombs on their minions coming down the flank, so the rooster riders will kill them, get their bomb, carry on, first mate can leap in, kill it's an auto include. Well, and the other thing I would think of too is because of the AP efficiency that you guys have been talking about, it makes denying plant explosives a lot easier too, right? 
even the yeah, miners and the miners too pop up put yep. one on them that, that, that yep. that's great so you can most people you can use miners as a focus for assassins you can use them as bomb planters as well yeah no that's a really good point how about you oliver other than plant explosives is there another uh, another strat you like her in uh yeah i mean reckoning it's the that's the main one um yeah i agree with everything you're saying for plant um reckoning's really good too i again I think you can play mind anything and she's always a potential to be our best master for anything. I think what you primarily decide when or when not to play mind is when you see the schemes. The schemes are what's deriving that. So let's talk schemes. Um, uh, what do you think are the two or three schemes that just Ma and Trixie just kill it? So the three best schemes for Ma, Outflank, Search the Ruins, Harness the Leyline. If you see that three and you're playing against a Bayou player, and they're not dog shit. They're playing Ma. That's just it's just that simple. They have her. They're not bad. You're playing against Ma. So do not bring hold up your forces. Do not bring claim jump. Do not bring breakthrough because she can either shoot you when she gets you get into her deployment. She still can reach you. She's in the middle of the board. You do not want to be there. You want to hug the edges because she will shoot you off the board. Don't try and hold up their forces. They're all seven cost models. They're the expensive. Right. They're the expensive stuff out of Bayou. Um, they're just super efficient. They're super AP efficient. They can just drop all their schemes down. They can push out of melee. They can always, they can always, always, always score their harness. They can always score their search. Turn two every game, turn three every game. And they have not just uh, the Soulstone Miners for outflank, they also have Bushwhackers. So even if it's a right. weird board or playing against Terra or someone else who attacks, you know, models that are underground, they can still score it easily. Especially very, very get, nice. Especially if you get power ritual as well and outflanking the same pool. It's an all sure. Absolutely. Well, that's auto. what I was going to ask AJ. Is there any other schemes that you think she does well with? Yeah, I mean, if you get um, power ritual and outflank, especially if it's corner deploy, uh, yeah, corner deployment, stick a pit, pit put a pit trap with you, with um, Mar and um, a bushwhacker, put them in both corners. Yep. And then just put your soul soul mind up in the corners. Do your power ritual. Models come in, drop them in the pit trap. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, and what, what I like the most, because I... <laughs> deliver a mess. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Deliver yeah. a message is fantastic as well with a soul miner. Yeah. Yeah. You just uh, pop them up, deliver it. One thing that I like, you, the combination of the soulstone miners and the bushwhackers helps solve a problem without flank because outflank is a very popular scheme. I've been looking at the stats as they've been coming in. A lot of people like outflank, but I've also noticed that people are having a trouble are having trouble scoring it. And the reason is, is it's not that hard to deny it because in your mind, pregame, it's like, oh, I'm going to be there anyway. That's easy. But when I'm playing against somebody and I smell outflank, all I have to do is load up on one side and just take out one side. I don't have to deny both corners. I right. just need to deny one of them. And it's shockingly easy to do. Not always guaranteed, but it's something to keep in mind. And I think what I like about the Bushwhacker Soulstone combination you guys are talking about is you've got some redundancy there. So suddenly it's not as easy. Um, and anybody who's tried to wipe a Soulstone Miner off the board um, knows yeah, knows how frustrating that is. Now top it off with the fact that it's not an Arcanist player who's relying on the Soulstone Miner because they've got Bushwhackers there too that also, by the way, brought you down to half wounds on your way to take out the uh, Soulstone Miner. Yeah, a lot of the time you'll you'll see, at least for me, like I'll, I'll usually favor two Bushwhackers and a single Miner because, again, that's my usual swap. I'll throw the, the Bushwhackers on the sides and then use the Miner to pop up one or the other. 
And that's the turn where I'm going to force through the two shielded. I'm going to put two shielded, or, you know, if I'm doing deliver or something like that, I'm going to put the two shielded on the Soulstone Liner. Good luck getting through minus three, minus three on its, its wounds. Yeah, it's brutal. Same reason it's really good on Gracie. It, it's minus three damage, minus three damage. It's really hard to chunk through that when you're reducing damage to zero. I think two Soulstone Miners is only a guarantee for Power Ritual and Outfrank. Outflank. Otherwise, it's only just going to be one, like Oliver said. It can also be really valuable for hold up their forces. It's another. It's it's one of the options like you don't necessarily always see Trixie taking, um, but they can. And and just like, all right, cool, we've activated everything. They're like, oh, you have two Soulstone Miners left. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna pull one next to your master and one next to your ten point henchman. Did you have any actions you could do to stop this? Or okay, I'm gonna mark my point. Yeah, like what, and especially with these shielded because. Again, even when they're buried, you have the ability to put shield on those buried models. So you pop them up. They they can't do six damage and then five more damage to those. That's a master. They're not doing yeah, it. I, I, think that's too, I think that's too risky. I see the play style, and it is a good play style. I just think it's too risky because you will score your points, but you are going to lose one in Soulstone Miners against the master or an Enchman. One of the, one of them is going to go out. Sure. So I just think sure. it's too risky, but it's just play style. Yep, definitely. So guys, let's take another break. When we get back from this break, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about second level play, and then I want to give the listeners some hope that possibly they could win a game against Trixie, uh, the Trixie crew. So let's talk about weaknesses and counters. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm James Hahn, and I'm a patron of Third Floor Wars because I'm a henchman who loses most of his games, and the podcast has tons of valuable information to improve your play as well as what to expect from other crews. You can support them too. The link is in the show notes, or just search for Third Floor Wars on Patreon.com. Big thanks to all of you patrons out there. We appreciate the fact that you find value in what we are producing. I need to give a quick shout out to some of our lifetime long top patrons. Um, so hats off to Nick Westbrook, Kevin Smith, Sam Newman, Stephen Morris, Craig Chuba, James Hahn, Jeremy Peace, Ambrose Ingram, and Brandon Somer. You guys are uh, the ones that have really done the most uh, for Third Floor Wars' Patreon, and we appreciate it. So this is always my favorite segment of the podcast, because what, what we really talk about here is, um, I think, um, one with the weaknesses encounters, which we'll do second. But the first, I like the second level play because, you know, the first time you, you put a crew on the table, you're, you're learning the mechanics. Um, you're more playing the crew than you are playing your opponent or playing Malifaux. But after you get, you know, familiar with the crew, you know, you'll play that crew a certain way. But I have found maybe after the 10th or 15th game with a crew, you start discovering something that wasn't really obvious when you first started reading the cards, when you first started playing it. Um, so, Oliver, what are some things that people can look forward to as they get their reps in with uh, Ma? Yeah, so I think the main and first thing is knowing when to use focus on the defense as opposed to the offense. There are some people who you never want to focus attack, mostly people with hard to wound. Um, so if you have hard to wounds, you have to beat them by six. You're not looking to beat them by six. You're looking to beat them by one and then cheat at a severe and deal five damage to them. If something is, uh, not interacting with you in that way, you want to cheat on it or focus on the defense. Uh, that's like the, the thing that you pick up that's really granular. Other than that, I think is when to use soul stones on Ma herself to buy extra damage. Um, her melee attack does have the crit strike. I can't reiterate enough how much min five does when you buy a stone for a Ram and then you put in a 13 of Rams, that model is dying right now. 
they're going away this turn. You can kill yep. Masters out of nowhere doing that really easily. Um, because keep in mind, you're min five. You can go up to seven. When you slap someone in the face with seven with a spoon, they usually die very shortly thereafter, especially if you charge to do it. Um, so a lot of the time, that's something you can do. And then again, obviously, the, the main thing is knowing activation order. You have your pass activations, and then you have your threat activations. That's the main mm-hmm. distinction. You have your Bryn, you have your Little Lass, you have your Soulstone Miners. Those are your main pass activations. You have Ma, you have Gracie, you have your Roosters. Uh, you have your Bushwhackers as your main attack activations. You want to save your Roosters towards the end. You want to save your Bushwhackers towards the end. And again, it's because you want your opponent to have as little cards in hand as possible, and you want to just cheat Severe's. Okay, you want to just kill their active, and you want to kill their activations. So, Oliver, I want to come back to something you uh, kind of talked about, but I'm afraid I, I don't want people to miss this. So, you talked about not using a focused attack against hard to wound. And here's what's interesting about what Oliver's saying there is I think for a lot of players out there, they'd go, well, that's why I want to focus because to to negate the hard to wound. So, Oliver, let's talk about uh, because I agree with you, by the way, I want to hear I want you to explain to the listeners why that's a bad play. Yeah. So the reason it's a bad play is at the end of the day, you do not get the level of reward that you should be for using your focus. When you use your focus and Ma, so your roosters are never moving on turn one, in, in my games at least, right? I'm pushing them, I'm pushing them again, or interacting, or moving them Gracie with Roosters, because again, Roosters are size two, Gracie size three, she can ride with me Roosters. Um, I'm triple shooting something, and severe, severe, severing it. Okay, I want to kill as many actions as possible, that is my main focus, that's my goal, that's the god of the game. Kill actions, kill AP. So if you are putting your opponent in a position where you're just going to do two damage, two damage, two damage, I don't give a shit about that. That does not matter at all. That made no impact in the game. I want to do three damage to something. I want to do five damage to something. I want to kill your actions. If I'm using a focus, yeah, I better get an extra AP out of it. Because that's that's basically my logic is I already spent, I spent Ma's action to generate 27 AP. I want to use all of that to be equivalent to a full AP worth of action. I want to be as valuable as if I, if I decided that it was good enough for me to focus before shooting you just to get the extra damage. If I'm just doing it just to be fine, that's not really good. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, phrase this a little bit differently, Oliver, and let's see if I'm catching it. Um, you want to? You only have so many severes, right? There's literally only so many severes in the deck, let alone so many severes in your hand, and you do not want to be using that to hit the model, right? You want to be you saving and using those severes because focus is everywhere. You want to use it for damage. So if if you are focusing. And going against a hard-to-wound model, it, you are either going to need to cheat a severe to hopefully get a straight flip, and which means then you're using two severes for that attack when you would only really wanted to use one. And I think that's a really important point um, and counterintuitive. So how about you, AJ? What, is, what are some things that you kind of figured out about Mai after you got uh, 10, 15 games in with her? I don't remember in the last version with summer. There was always a setup at the beginning, like you'd done summoning and you had to have an eight and the rams and and I I like to have a setup when I go with Mao at the beginning, so I want to know what my first four activations are, so I can see where my opponent's going in the game. So I'll, I'll so if he gets into range of the rooster riders, then I know how to counteract. So I think we've went through it most of this already, but I'll just do it quick. So my first turn keeps everything within three. Focus, burns the rams, gives everything focus, drops the pit trap for a zero, draws two cards, it's cad's cad. 
Then I use the miners because they're already focused. Yeah. Gets done. Get a stole stone. Drop them down a hole. Uh, drop a uh, high barium. Sorry. Then I do big brain. Knock all the knock sixteen cards out of the deck and then draw another two. So now I've gone through about four or five stones. So I'm getting a good hand. Then I get the little lass to push things in different directions. Now that has got to be the first four. Now you've done the first four, you see where their enemies come forward. If they're well, foolish, that's the key, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if they're foolish enough to bring them forward, which kind of happened a lot at the weekend, so they got a score, right? Sorry, they got a score, right? They're yeah, incentivized exactly. they're to walk forward. So they're coming forward. The rooster riders are doing the business with their guns. Come to hard to wound. Everything Oliver said was right. You want them in the deck for hard to wound, but if they're and I do keep the rooster riders out, but if they're down to half wounds, they, oh, can, that's get, a good point. they can get round that hard, that hard yep. wound. They can yeah, get through they, it. Yeah, if they have grit, then suddenly that focus might be worth spending. Good point. So I, have, so, I have shot a rooster with another rooster, or I detach a rooster with blast to do that once. But my play style is get a really good hand to go in turn two or three. It's not about, I mean, if I can, if I can knock out a couple of cheap five stone scheme runners, on the flanks, um, get two up on the activation or even one up at the activation. I'm happy. I've got three out high cards. I'll keep them. I'll cycle it all again. I'll have about five, six high cards and I'm going to go to town. And then the game, because most games only go three to four turns in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Same so, here in the US. Yeah. So yeah. you've, you've got to, you've got to go in turn. You've got to keep, I think you've got to kill at least one to two models turn one, one essential. Two to three turn two, and then three to f- if you can. Yeah, that's yep. got to be the plan. But normally, don't just go gun hole in. The the only other thing I would add that you do kind of get later on is deciding to focus bomb a second time on turn two, which does happen occasionally. So if you're in a position where you have like deliver the message or something else like that in the crew, where you you know you know you need to keep mob back, or your opponent doesn't move forward. You can set people up to scheme, and as long as you're focus bombing on at least three or four models, you can still get value out of it. Because um, keep in mind, you're, you're using your focus on little last to either attack people or get the holler in, because it's an attack, oh, so right. you can focus on your own allies to cheat, so you're not using your cards. Um, I've done that before, where all of a sudden, my opponent's like, okay, cool, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm like, okay, cool, focus bomb again. And they're like, oh, what have I done? Now he can focus on defense and attacks and not go roll. Yeah. Normally, most of my games, Big, Bra- uh, Big Brain never uses his focus. Oh, he's he never used it. And he never uses it. Focus <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. defense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, no one comes for him. They're normally dead. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to touch him. So, Oliver, um, uh, you know, what? what is she afraid of? Yeah, so this is really easy. Um, Resurrections. If you're ever playing in the resers, do not play Ma. Do not. Remember the whole hard to win thing? That's their whole fucking faction. Do not play Rezzers and Ma <laughs> together. Play Sober. He just kills them. Um, you just an insta win. So I think that's main one. Um, if you're playing into a crew that is known hard to wound, you know your opponent, you have a bit of information, you're like, okay, um, I'm playing into something that has armor or I'm playing into something that is hard to wound. Skip this. Go to something else. Play the attrition game with Sober. Play Zareta. Those two masters should cover every single thing you want to do. Do not play anything else in Bayou unless you're looking just to have fun. Okay? I'm saying that now. And you play Somer significantly more than you play Zareda because Zareda is significantly better than Everborn. 
And speaking of Neverborn, Dreamer is a hard counter to Zareda, or not Zareda, but to uh, Tamal. Oh, really? How so? Uh, yeah. So there's this thing called Carver who exists, and he has an ability that says if you're in any kind of duel with him, he can suck the focus off of you before you do anything. It happens before you declare the use of focus. And unfortunately, Dreamer has the ability to mitigate attacks and force them onto Carver. So if you oh, ever right. attack Dreamer, he's like, nah, you're attacking Carver. And Carver's like, oh, we're having a duel? Give me your focus, friend. So that's a big counter in Neverborn. If, if you're playing against a Neverborn player, Neverborn players, if you're playing anything, bring Carver out a keyword. Uh, he's also, I believe, in Pandora, I want to say. Uh, it might be Titania. I don't know. I only play Neverborn as a second faction, and by his way, too fun. So, but keep in mind, he's worth bringing out a keyword. Um, just sucking all the focus off people is hyper valuable. You want to bring your heart to wound people. You want to, um, if you go to attack a rooster, you better kill it immediately. Do not do the thing where you attack a rooster and you're like, sweet, I did three damage to it. Because they're going to reckless first, and they're going to shoot you three times. Yeah. And then, then you're, you're going to lose. Trouble. Yeah, you're just going to auto-die. How about you, AJ? Is there anything else that Oliver hasn't covered that you think um, are some nasty counters to Ma? Yeah, anything um, what can do a base. So if you've got a rooster rider with focus, and I've had this happen to me a couple of times, is they obey my rooster rider to focus shoot another rooster rider. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're playing as a raider, just don't don't take Ma. I mean, I played uh, Reese at the Nationals, and... He was taking Zareda, and I could see it coming, uh, and I, I just didn't take Roosters. Yeah, yeah. And and I would imagine, too, AJ, the thing to keep in mind is Zareda's not the only Obey out there, and there's there's a lot of Obeys that aren't even on Masters anymore. Yep. Um, so that is a really good point that I had not thought about is, um, yeah, going against Bayou, right? Yeah. So you've got a ton of Obeys just within Bayou because um, uh, the Bacores can – Obey too, can't yeah, they? Bokers yeah. and Criers are the two, and Old Crank are the three big yeah. in the faction. So no, that, that's, that's very that. interesting. I would not have thought about Obeys being nasty, but uh, if you think Rooster Riders are great, wait till they're shooting at you, right? Yeah, it's taste of your own medicine, mate. If not, not. Make sure if you do, you kill them because if you shoot my Rooster with a focus and I activate him and shoot you three times with focus, you're dead. <laughs> so don't just do three damage to them. Do more. You know, uh, that makes a ton of sense. Um, so, guys, let's take a quick break. When we get back from this break, um, I've got two guys that have been uh, putting their time in with Bayou, and we're going to talk about kind of Bayou overall as a faction. So we'll be right back. Howdy, folks. Craig here. Now, if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. So, AJ, um, you know, I like this last segment to really kind of just, you know, talk about general stuff. And I think that um, one of the things that um, I'm hearing about Bayou is I'm hearing a lot of different opinions about how Bayou is overall as a faction. So what's the health and the current status of the faction? So in your mind, AJ, um, I guess first and foremost, do you think um, Bayou is effective in three? Um, 
Yeah, they're not the top faction in the UK at the moment. I don't know what's about like in America. I mean, I think it's 10 funders is what we're seeing a lot over here and Outcast. That's what we're seeing yeah, the most. Yeah, we see the same here. Yeah, so a few of us, a few of the uh, top, top players are starting to go over to Bayou. I know Jamie's going over to Bayou for a while to try him out. I couldn't beat him with Rezzers, but he's going on to Bayou and um, he, see, he can see the filth he can, stealth filth. But I think oh, he, he's got a nose for filth like nobody else. And that's a compliment, Jamie. Not <laughs> Sometimes I'll tell that to Jamie and he's like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm like, no, Jamie, I'm complimenting uh, he's, he's you. Like, he's you, like Matrix, like Neo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he sees things. Yeah. Varney has a, a talent for figuring figuring things out faster than anybody else does. Um, so he, if there, what what is a problem in Bayou, it'll get used and exposed by Jamie very yeah, quickly. Very um, because he's good at that. Um, so one of the things that I like for me is part of what the health of the uh, faction needs to be. AJ is I I really want a faction to. On a, not all the time, but on a regular basis, really have a strong pool of maybe five or six keywords, right? So depending on what the pool is, depending on what the opponent is, you know, you're, you're, you've really got five or six keywords to pull from versus where Arcanists were at the end of two, where you basically, oh, you play Arcanists, so you mean you play Sandeep, or where Rezzers ended up being towards the end of two as well. So I want to get a sense of how you feel about the inter uh, balance within Bayou. Well, I think it's great. I mean, I, I mean, I remember at the Nationals last year. I took up the Seven Master Challenge to North Seven, and mm-hmm. I really and five of them was four of them was in a really good place, and three was just garbage. Um, I think a lot of them are very, very equal now. I mean, okay, Mars, Mar and Summer's probably up there. Uh, I've never played Summer that much because I'm waiting for a lot of the models to come out. Um, Mar is broken. I think she's the the brokenest one up the lot. All you've got to do is. Just do the hollering, hollering for the focus bubble down to one. You'll find it'd be a lot less effective and she'll come down. Um, Zip's very good. I like Brewmaster. I think he's great. I think he's great in reckoning where everything's got healing. Uh, Zip's very fun to play. I love the showboating. I like to keep everything in keyword. Um, Ophelia is just still Ophelia, really. Just shoots things. Um, I haven't played a lot of Ulix at the moment so it's probably the only one i haven't played because it just seems with getting my head around m3 i don't really want to he seems the more complicated out of everybody mm-hmm. to play zerader's zerader yeah um do i think we've missed it have we missed anyone out there oh, i haven't played wong but uh, I, we didn't miss anybody we're fine yeah but yeah, I, don't, I don't i don't i'd sooner <laughs> have wong as the blasts i don't like this the shock schemes i'd sooner it go to blast i'm hoping with the new edition that there's rumors going around that you'll get new cards, like a different play style of how to play the Masters. But overall, yeah, I think it'll be interesting how they kind of do that rotation. Um, yeah, I think with I think Ophelia and Wong, um, and and maybe Ulix. Though I've, I gotta be honest with you guys, I haven't played against Ulix yet, so it's hard for me to really speak on that. But with with um, Ophelia and Wong, I think Ophelia and Wong are good. Yeah, um, especially yeah. in the right hands, oh, they're God, good. But but um, I think that um, what's tough is is are they good enough to beat out Somer right. or to, to to beat out Ma or to beat out Zareda in yep. the pool? I think and, opportunity and, cost is huge. It's so yeah, it is. It's part of the game. Um, how about you, Oliver? How are you feeling about the you know, both the strength of the faction against other factions and then the balance within? Yeah, so uh, strength of faction uh, against other factions, best four masters in the game: Terra, Dreamer. Um, I would say Somer and then probably Shenlong are probably the top four. Um, and I think Ma is coming in real close in the top five. So 
Um, in in the total game itself, uh, Dreamer is obviously the best master in the game. Um, if you play Dreamer correctly, you will never lose. If you go to five turns and you play perfectly, you will not lose the game. Doesn't matter what you're playing. Um, that just that just he's just hyper efficient. He does everything good. Whatever. We don't see Dreamer um, over that much. Yeah, and, and it, a lot of that's weird stuff, right? Like you've got models that like don't yet really exist, or like they're coming on new sculpts so people don't play, and you know, things like that. Like it's a Ulix issue, right? Part of the reason you don't see Ulix on the table, Craig, is because Piglets have been sold out for 18 months on every single yep. major online distributor. It's the reason I don't have Ulix. I literally do not own Piglets, so I can't play. And I will yep. when all that stuff comes out, but whatever. As for internal faction, I think the biggest thing is opportunity cost. Somer, I think, is by far our best master. Um, he, can, he can alpha strike at about 80 to 90% of what Law can. However, he wins if you go to turn 5 every game. He is the Nicodem of this edition, and right. I am saying that now. I am putting that gauntlet on the table right now. And I guarantee I'll be proved right in six to eight months. Oh, I agree with you. Comes around. Yeah, I, I'd, can, like to hear the, I'd like to hear the podcast on that. Yeah, on he, break he attacks in every single possible angle. He wins all of the, the games where your TO decides to make a hard list. He's scoring turn two and turn three aggressively anyways. Um, he can pig-eating grin, shoot you in the middle of your activation and kill your model. Uh, he can summon seven-point models that have four or five AP and are hyper-focused and are impossible to kill. I mean, he is bananas. The biggest problem with him is he is hard to play. He costs time at the table. And in, right now, people do not acknowledge that it's a three-turn game instead of a five-turn game. So people don't put the reps in. They try and go into an event and play him. They get to turn two. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand why he's powerful. And then they, they complain about him or they say he's not that good. Uh, recently, I had a conversation with some of the Neverborn players who said he's equivalent to Wong. And I can promise you right now Wong is literally unplayable he needs a full redesign I he think can, so, yeah. yeah he can do his cheese right where he just shoots pegapults and does the weird thing with sparks and the blast happened okay sure yeah. did you win the game um, other than that I think Ophelia is mediocre I think she's fine um, I think Zareda is better in Neverborn I do not think she's as good in Bayou because she can't bring Vasilisa she can't bring Dreamer um, and that's just a, too much of an opportunity cost um, Ulix, again, he's an unknown. I can't imagine he's going to be super great, but again, Reckless as a, <laughs> as a crew, it's, it's good. <laughs> as a crew ability is probably, probably fine. Um, Brewmaster isn't great. And like I've looked, I've looked over Ulix a few times, Oliver uh, and AJ, and I, I do feel like that's a crew that we have to, we have to, we have to see what it looks like after 10 plays. Right. And I, and I think um, that there's a, there's a potentially a place for him, right? Like it, it's, yep. it's within the realm of possibility, but again, you've to ask time. You have to ask opportunity calls. Is Somer doing the uh, efficiency and slow burn game plan better? Yes. I can promise you right now it will be. Brewmaster, same problem. He kills people, but he doesn't kill them as good as Ma, so why would I ever bring him over Ma? Zip, he's super mobile, so is Ma, but Ma kills faster. The only reason I yep. want Zip is because he has a blast that's insane, and Machiro has a bad ass. I think what it is as well, it's, um, but in the last edition it was Wong, Summer, and Zip. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably about four, possibly five masters you play. Guaranteed four. You've probably gone up, gone up one, but I think you're fine with all of them. I will say can. that. But it's I don't know about you, Oliver, um, but I try and look at my opponent, and no disrespects for them. If I think I'm going to win and they're kind of new, I'll throw out one of the lesser masters, and I'll mm-hmm. keep the better masters to the the better players. So I'm learning at the same time. Yeah, I, I I keep those kinds of games to vassal and with my friends at home. If I go to an event, I'm trying to win 8-0 every game. I 
That's just that's just who I am. I'm I'm the guy who played Cobblade. For those of you who play Magic, I played the Broken deck. You know, that's that's who I am, right? I'm just yeah, I mean, essentially what we're talking about is AJ is a better human being than you yeah, are. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I'm gonna have two hours, and I can I can rubber stamp that immediately. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, it's, 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 <laughs> we let AJ watch our kids, and we would uh, get a restraining order on Oliver. Yeah, is what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. What do you mean you can't make a fire? You need to learn how to eat, kid. All right, guys. Well, wow. That was a lot of information. We covered um, really, I think, a ton of stuff here. Um, uh, And uh, for those of you that have not started playing Ma, um, I'm with these guys. Um, Even when I've had my ass handed to me by her, she's she's fun to play against, believe it or not. Uh, It's a fun, fun crew. And um, you should definitely give give her a run. Uh, Real quick, AJ, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um. No, not not. I, I can't think of anything to plug. To be honest with you, mate. Um, okay. Yeah, just I'll just give a can I just give a shout out. Of course. Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, a pal of mine, uh, Tobias, for um, setting me up the headphones and helped me with a little bit of tech and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, thank Toby. you, Tobias. Yeah, Literally, thanks, you mate. wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they call me the old man of Malifaux. Not as old as Paul Butler, but the second oldest well, man of Malifaux. <laughs> well, I, I, then you and I are the mirrors because everybody calls me the old man over here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, how about you? Do you have any plugs? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, I'm always going to apologize to the head administrators of a weird place for John and Matthew, both being in my meta. I'm so sorry that those trolls come from us. I'm sorry I got them into the game. Uh, second, uh, <laughs> join the Bayou of Malifo on Facebook. That is the Bayou group. I've got a lot of opinions. You can hear some of them there. Uh, some of them may even be right. And then uh, the Southeastern Virginia Malifo group is the Malifo group where we are in. If you're in Virginia, the North Carolina uh, Conference or the South Carolina Conference, whatever, West Virginia, anywhere that would travel, you're welcome to join. Um, even if you just want to see our uh, less censored opinions of a uh, really held my tongue a lot on this podcast this time <laughs> i'm proud so, of you yeah, yeah uh you can join us there um and then obviously there's the bayou chat on facebook as well it's linked in the announcement section on a bayou of malifo um that's what we're gonna be talking we, and we talk 24 7 about it so and, and oliver i hear really good things about that facebook chat that you guys really do a great job as a community to 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 bolster, right? So you guys ask the hard questions, you challenge things as they come up and um, really talk through things. So if you are a Bayou player and are not in that Facebook chat, I would reach out to Oliver when you uh, to get added to it because I've, I've heard only good things about that. They're Facebook the ones chat. who found the FAQ, basically the, the, the trick with or the FAQ, the adjustment or whatever with, with Brent, you know, six months later, they're like, oh, wait, the layer doesn't work the way everyone assumed it does. It doesn't work the way the spirit of the rule was written. We need to flip the 10 before we do the, you know, yep. flip for the thing. So they're great guys. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate it. They're all good friends. Well, AJ and Oliver, I do appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have you both on the show again. And uh, for those of you that stuck around to the end, I appreciate you listening. Take care. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. 
Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. Yeah, Nick found a uh, a hard counter. He has discovered one. Oh, good. It's disgusting. Good. (laughs) And you, like, auto-lose the game. (laughs) Um, So... That's Oliver, I'm going to start with you on second level. AJ, I'm going to move to you. Um, and then I'll go back to Oliver to start us on weakness encounters um, and then go back to you, AJ. So we'll okay. uh, we'll start with Oliver and then bounce to you. The uh, thing with second level play, AJ, what I'm looking for is not necessarily like what's some advanced play that you do here. What, what I really like to find out in this segment is, you know, if I've just if I've just started playing Ma. Um, after you get in five or ten games with her, what did you kind of figure out about her, right? What are things that you didn't notice at first, but after you started playing her a lot, you did notice? And what we're going to try to do is help those new Ma players maybe speed up that process. Um, do you want me to talk through the setup of like the first five activations or ignore that? or? Um, it, it depends. It depends on whether you think that that, that that is something that you pick up only after you've played her for a long time, or is it something that's I relatively think, I think, obvious? I, I think what it is, when you play her, you're just moving through the gears, learning what all the models do. But then every sure. faction, has, every sorry, every crew has a first four or five turns setup, first four, four or five activation setup. And Ma has to have a first four or five activation That's great. Setup. Let's do that then. Yep. So let's do that. So I'll start with Oliver, the one that will bounce to you, AJ, yep. and they'll move to uh, weaknesses and counters. I'd like to keep this segment under 10, uh, but let's see how it goes, okay? Hold on one second for me, AJ. I'm okay. sorry. What, honey? No, honey. I, it, no. <laughs> next time. Next time. What, you know what we'll do is next time I'll have you and I do this. You want to do it together? Here. You want to say hi to everybody? Wait to everybody. Say hi. Hey. <laughs> hi. Okay. Hey. All right. Run downstairs. I love you. I'm sorry about that, AJ. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, I, had my, I had to tell my kids to go to bed and uh, to be good. I'll take a bowling <laughs> next week. <laughs> I'll, um, I'm going to tee up the question again. Yeah, no worries. So, because I, I, I talked like an idiot even given the question because um, I was distracted. All right. <laughs> So, cool. well done, guys. All right, yeah, sorry about that. I was a bit nervous about um, when to cut in, when not to cut in. So no, you did, you did good. Just conversationally, did, like yeah, yeah. You did you know, good. It's like I'm just like, yep, uh huh, agreed. Yeah, you're, like, I think you're a bit like more that. pro at this, Oliver, because I'm thinking, shit, I forgot that. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took notes. Uh, it, it makes you feel any better. I'm not actually better. I just. Well, and here's the, here's the other thing, AJ. It's why I prefer having two people on for these deep dives is it's too much to cover for just a host and one guest. Right. Yeah. Um, so you guys are, you guys have the ability of really leveraging each other. And when you're talking, it's hard to remember shit. But when you're listening to somebody else, it's easier for you to remember so you can jump in and fill yeah. the gaps. Yeah, so. Yeah. so when I jumped in with the gorilla suit, was that okay? Yep. Or? Yeah, oh, that's, that's great. great. That's great. Fant- yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I did. I didn't want to jump in and disrespectful nope. and, no, and no. here's here's the thing aj is um i don't give a shit if oliver agrees with you or not 
Oh, no, no, I'm, right, mate. No offense, Oliver. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> and, I've been married to you long. I, I disagree all the time. Me and my wife. Yeah, so and oh, vice yeah. versa. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, the it's key better. is, is what we want to do is somebody, somebody needs to be able to listen to this and be a better mob player when it's over. Yeah. Or listen to this and do a better job playing against Ma. That's our goal. Right. Right, so, okay. um, and nobody's going to say they didn't. They they told me too much. Yeah, no, so, no, no. I can. Let me uh, let me get some water before we. Uh, yeah, take your time. Yeah, I'm going to get a bottle of water out of the fridge. Is that right? Yep. Yep. One minute. And yeah, and you know the one thing I talk about uh, having too much information. The other thing too is, um, you know, we want we want to just cover what what is really used. So I mean, we're not going to okay. go over every model, obviously. Um, but you know, part of this core crew thing is to to say, hey, you know, here's. Here's what I always bring, um, and then I'll I'll weasel out of you guys some maybe some tech pieces you bring and things yep. like that when we get to the next segment when we talk about the pools. So I think there's only roughly about ten models you bring in a macro all the time, really. Tops. Well, there's Good. also, and this is just a before we jump back in. This is probably something we might want to discuss. There's actually a whole other build mock. Um, I mean, I don't think it's good, but it exists. Um, well, let's cover what you actually play. And yeah, then, and I'm just saying for the very end, if you want to say like, yeah, are there yeah. any other things like this is how you guys both agree is the best way? Yep. Is there another way to play that kind of thing? Exists? Let me see how time goes and I yeah. might prompt that. So yeah. that's good. Just throw it All out right. there. I'll bring us back. think for the sake of time, guys, what I'm going to do is just do the first question. I'm not going to worry about the keyword. We forgot about Second. willpower deals, didn't we, as well? Anything willpower deals really... Yeah, that's well. fine. I mean, it's 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 like decent, but that's only like a couple of the models, and they're so and, far and, away. And, and, that's, and that's also kind of bayou-wide. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. how you counter bayou, is right. willpower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you touched on it perfect. I didn't want to cut in with it, but I did play Zerada, and she... I had to be wary of folk getting my rooster riders, obeying them to shoot another rooster rider, and you burn yep. up a focus oh, and dead. I, I, I'm going to tee you up and edit that in, AJ. I like that. So let, I'm going to I'm going to toss to you, and I want you to talk about that because that's a good call out. Um, okay. So give me just okay. a second. I'll add your own focus. Yeah, yeah I'll I'll, eat, I'll edit that in. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, that was good, guys. I'll edit that in. All right. Um, so you said you're just going to ask. I'm just going to do how does the faction look? Um, oh, okay. And we'll, we'll keep this to maybe five, ten minutes. Well, I think like it's just broken. I think the new keyword's more exciting. I'm just going to toss it out there. So when I you say how does the faction look, what do you want to... Do strengths. Do strengths. Yeah, well, yeah so uh, I'll probably start with you, AJ. And I just want to kind of like, where do you think Bayou is right now as a faction? Do you think they're in a good place? Do you think uh, like Oliver does that they are just broken and someone yeah. needs to fix, you know, someone needs to bring them down? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the master balance? Do you think that there's really only three masters to play in Bayou or are you getting five, six masters, you know, that are getting action? Yeah. So I just want to talk about kind of the health of the faction. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. We'll start with you. 